Welcome to another episode of Between Lewis and Lovecraft. This show is all about learning more about the authors that have inspired us and diving into the stories that they not only created, but lived as well. So join us as we explore the worlds that live just out of reach. Middle school held a lot of firsts for us. School dances, hormones, homework that made our parents feel dumb, and also books. At least for some of us, reading really takes effect in the informative years that come between 11 and 14 years old. And today, we look back on some of the book series that not only took hold of, but have held on to our imaginations for years to come. So let's go talk about young Merlin, but not that young Merlin, Nancy Drew, a girl who is way too busy for her age, Goosebumps, the reason why Ryan Gosling is a major star today, and Animorphs, literally the greatest thing ever written. I'm not ready! I'm not, I'm not ready! I had to bring up the outline even though I didn't write anything on it. Okay, I'm back. We're back, guys. Okay. Uh, wow. Now that we're live, th- the pressure is on. And by live, I mean this will come out in a few days. That's basically live since last time. It was like four months later. Well, yeah. I mean, yes and no. The the last okay, like four months from the first time exactly. we recorded the, the last episode we did was two weeks ago. Yes. So, you know, and I, were you ever able to jump into our Podbean at all? No. And check out our stats. I thought I sent you all the info. Or at I, least I told you where to find the info. You told me that it existed. Yeah. And then... Our Gillian Flynn episode is our number one episode. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Wow. By like at least double the amount of downloads. So apparently we should have just named this the, the Gillian, Gillian Flynn, Flynn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... What can I say? Modern modern tastes for modern readers. <laughs> I think that there is a certain amount of that, like, um, people are like, yeah, we know who Lewis was, or we know who Lovecraft is, but we need to know what the sexual habits of this <laughs> living person <laughs> But we didn't get that, because, you know, right. the thing about living people is they don't want their readers to know their sex right, habits. Yeah. So. Not yet, at least. Once so I we'll die, give it, like, 40 yeah. years, and then... Oh uh, man, <laughs> um, yeah. So that one's that's doing pretty good. And so anyway, welcome to Between Lewis and Lovecraft, not the Gillian Flynn podcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm Tyler Clausen, uh, the producer of the show. So if it sounds pretty shitty, you can blame me. Even though Hannah can attest, I've been doing a lot of playing around to try and make this sound good. <laughs> he really has, and. With that being said, I'm Hannah Ray Lambert. Hey, I Hannah. am a co-host of the show. I don't really produce anything. You're the host. The host? Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Because Between you Lewis do all the research. Hannah Ray Lambert. <laughs> you do all the research. You do the outlines and everything. Tyler does some research, too. He just doesn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. You're learning uh, the plight that my uh, 12th grade teacher? English teacher had, which was Tyler's good at speeches, but really bad at writing them down. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's whatever works. So let's talk about um, let's talk about our show real quick before yeah. we before we get into today's show. I wanted to talk about our show, like the whole podcast as a whole. Um, we have over a hundred downloads in Thanks, since we've come out. So in about a week and a half, we've had over a hundred downloads. That's huge for for us at least. I don't know about <laughs> other people. 
But to know that there are a hundred people, or you know, at least a hundred divided twenty people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, at, more than my mom listening to the show, that makes me feel really good. That's great, especially since I'm pretty sure my mom is not listening to this oh, show. Oh no, that's sad. I don't. Uh, think she doesn't my mom support me or love me, guys. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> We're really opening up in this show. Uh, someone has messaged me and told me how much they appreciated how much I opened up in the first episode, which oh. I didn't realize I opened up in the first episode. Yeah, I think you were talking about some parental my, stuff. My mom left me as a child, and yep. I'm trying to work through that as a 30-year-old male adult. Yeah. Um, this is therapy session I with guess. Hannah and Tyler. Um, my brother called me um, out of the blue. And spent an hour telling me his thoughts on our show. Oh, like not he your brother talk. actually like Instagram messaged me or something about it too. Oh saying no no no, how no. that's that's my little brother or, that talked to you. Oh, your other brother, my older brother, because I don't think my older brother has an Instagram. Um, my older brother, he and I, when I first did my first podcast, which I've shown you, he was the other guy on that show. Oh. Yeah, and so we would argue about comic books and stuff. And uh, so he knows, he's watched my progression as a podcaster. And so he called me up just to tell me how much he liked this show. Um, He also told me that we really need to make sure we tell people where we're getting our sources because um, he wanted to look some stuff up and he didn't know if we were just reading Wikipedia or what. Oh, silly older brother Clawson. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was that was a fun conversation. Um, have you had anything come up? Has anyone talked to you about it at all? I mean, I've mostly seen the like feedback on our social media pages and stuff, which is always heartening. Um, but it looks like you've got some some reviews over there. Our first iTunes reviews. We have two iTunes reviews. Oh my gosh. One of them is by someone I know, and the other one is not. Oh, good. <laughs> so that's it's it's cool. Um, one of them is by a guy named Mr. Mutiny, and that's what I'm going to call him on the show, just because that's that's what he says. That's what he's called here. Is that not your friend? That's my friend. Oh. But I don't know if I want to give his name out. It's Christopher. You can go check out his Twitch channel at Mr. Mutiny. Something like that. Um, He says, it's a good podcast, 10 out of 10, or I guess more accurately, five stars up, five thumbs up, five stars each with two thumbs pointing them up. So 10 thumbs up. There we go. And and he did rate us five (laughs) five stars. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, do you, can you read the other one? Yeah, I can read the other one from here. It's uh, by someone who goes by Kobe Better. That might be your real name, or you just go by it. Uh, And they say, I'm really excited about this new show. Hannah and Tyler have a great rapport and insightful things to say about the authors and their work. I especially love how obvious it is that they're having fun and love what they do. Very highly recommend to anyone who loves books and wants to learn about new authors or new things about authors they already like. Actually, go. that was such a nice review. I'm 100% sure it was my grandmother. <laughs> like, Does your grandma listen to sports podcasts? Uh, no. Because I did a little digging. And Kobe Better, we're not the only person that Kobe Better has written oh, a really? review for. Um, and a couple of them are for sports podcasts. Oh. So um, 
Well, I, that's why I say I don't know who it is because no one I know who likes sports that much would listen to a podcast. Yeah, that's really interesting. I like that there's someone out there who's really, really into sports yeah. and listens to our show. Our show. And seriously, Kobe, better. Thank you so much for taking the time to to review our show. So, yeah, that was super nice. Um, if we had literally any merch at all, I would try and contact <laughs> you to send it. So he's gonna be the fir- he or she is gonna be the first to get the uh, little the little, little Lovecraft shirt. shirt. I was trying to debate today. I was thinking about. It. I was like, could could we get away with starting that already? And I I don't think that we can quite yet. No, it would be like you, me, Kobe, and one other person <laughs> wearing um, it. <laughs> also, I was debating if we're maybe if we wait until like November or December to do it. Maybe we don't do a t-shirt. Maybe we do a sweatshirt. Oh. And make it like that's the one thing we have, and it's a really cool thing, you know, because t-shirts are so like, oh, I got a t-shirt and whatever. But a sweatshirt sweatshirt. That's an investment. Yeah. You get that for the winter. You know. <laughs> the long know. winter. This is what I go through in my head when I'm driving. <laughs> this is what keeps him up at night. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah. One last thing before we start talking books. Yes. We're going to talk short stories. Yes. Very short stories. Very flash, short. Flash fiction. And it's going to be Halloween themed. Yeah. We want your scary flash fiction. And that means 500 to 1,000 words yeah. a piece. Uh, and Tyler specifically wants a spooky, creepy, scary story that we will read on our show. Yeah, if you can get me spooked, if you can get me creeped, if you can get me scurred, I'm, <laughs> you're, you're going to be on our show. Um, it, even if it's just a fun, light story. If it's Halloween and, you know, I, I love the atmosphere of Halloween – um, write it. I, I'm going to try and write something. I don't know if you are. I think I'll do it just for fun. Yeah. Um, and then and then we'll probably try and bribe our friends into doing it um, so that if nobody writes in, <laughs> that at least we have something. To... You're not supposed to tell them that. We <laughs> I want to be honest. We want to hear your guys' work. We do. We really do. If you send it, you are prioritized above me, Hannah, and all of the friends that we're requiring to write in. Yes. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it it's it's really fun, and a lot of people I've talked to, they're like, "Oh man, I don't know." And it's like, dude, I've read Facebook posts that are longer than five hundred words from you, <laughs> and you can you can write five hundred words easily within an hour, you know. And so just just write something fun. Yeah, it, just head out to your local cemetery yeah. at night, sit there with a notepad. Yeah. You'll have your story done within 30 minutes. Even if it's a story from your life and you can do some exaggerations and stuff, just, you know, write a story and, and have fun. Send it in. Um, we'll read it on our show. We might put some spooky, scary music behind oh, it. Some, like, fake screams. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that's something that you can show off to your friends and, and have a really good Halloween season with. So it's a gift, I, I feel like, as much for us as it is for you guys. Um so yeah, so we really, want them to email those to us, right? Yeah, I mean, if you if you Facebook message us, you can do that. Instagram, you can do that. But really, we'll be watching our our email for that, and I feel like that's better to prioritize and categorize stuff. So, uh, and it's just better for five hundred to a thousand words. Yes, um, but yeah, so you can send that to us. The email address is Lewis and Lovecraft at gmail dot com. There you go. Sweet. So let's get into today into today's episode. Yes. We're talking about middle grade, middle school books that we read when we were around that age. Yep. And we wanted to revisit because, you know. It's back to school time. Yeah. All the kids are going back to school and. Being forced to read. And and I have to drive 20 miles an hour through certain, you know, 
dis- zones in my in our hometown. You don't have that problem when you leave for work at like six in the morning. Oh yeah, that yeah, I guess. <laughs> Never see a single school bus. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, also, just want to mention it. We are not in the book nook today. Um, oh yeah, we're yeah. not. And uh, we we're not there just because they have you know stuff that they do on the reg. And we don't want to get in the way. So we are without Amy. We are without the Watermans and that echo that pisses me off when I'm editing. <laughs> um, we're in We're in the Now Hear This Studios studio. Which is fabulous. You like it? I like what you've done with the place. Yeah. So if, yeah. You, if you've been watching our Instagram, you can see pics of it. Um, that's where we're hanging out today. So, yes. Let's get jump back into it. Yes. So uh, Tyler and I each read two different series a piece yes so, so two of our old four favorites series is total S- series i <laughs> series i nice yeah um but tyler's gonna start with yeah. with the young merlin trilogy which i'd actually never heard of this one yeah and so here's the thing i when i've mentioned it to other people they've been like oh yeah i read that and it's like no you haven't no you haven't there's a different one a, if you type into google hold on i'm gonna look it up all I know is I've been, I've spent years trying to figure out this book. Um, I picked it up when I was in sixth grade. The first one, I actually, let me take it. I read the second one in the trilogy first because I just picked it up in my local library and I read it and I was, it was probably the first time I ever finished a book like on my own. Um, Wait, in sixth grade? Yeah silent judgment <laughs> go on i said on my own like not for school not for you know anything else i did it because i wanted to read this book okay sixth grade yes <laughs> <laughs> some of us out there hannah didn't start reading until later in our lives we have other things to do or right, whatever anyway i i read the second one fell in love with it. i read the third one and you know realizing then that it was a trilogy um, and then I never picked up the first one. So I never finished it. Um, and then I just kind of moved on with my life. My dad realized I liked books. So he gave me a whole bunch of other stuff to read. And, you know, this this was gone from my life pretty quickly. Um, and so ever since then, like there was the Harry Potter series. There was another one called the um, the Wizard's Apprentice or something like that. That was very much a... It it really jumped on the Harry Potter. Oh, like the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what it was. It, yeah, something like that. And then, uh, and then, all these other books. And so when I'd explain it to people, they'd be like, "Oh, is it this?" It's like, "No, it's not that. It's like called like Hob or Hobby or something like that." And so finally, uh, Megan Waterman at the Book Nook, she tracked it down for me. Oh my god! And she found it, and um. For this for this episode, I got the trilogy, and I'm expecting, you know, like you ever you, like the Narnia all in one collection. Oh yeah, you know how that big thick book is, or something, um, or those Barnes and Noble collections. I'm expecting that. What comes in the mail <laughs> is literally like I also have the Animorphs books, and the whole trilogy of this Merlin book is. Like two of those. Maybe two. Maybe one and a half. It's insanely short. So I was like, oh my God, I thought I had done this great thing in sixth grade (laughs) and read this big book. It was like 70 pages long. 
Yeah. Wah, wah. So, so young Merlin, uh, by, by Jane Yolen. Um, now here's the thing. And I asked you this before we started, um, have you ever heard of Jane Yolen? Um, you said no. No. She has been the author or editor of more than 350 books. That's horrendous. <laughs> right? She has, I mean, her credentials go on and on and on. Um, she was born in uh, 1939. So she's 80 years old right now. Um, and I think she wrote this Young Merlin series through the late 80s into the early 90s. Hmm. Um, she focuses on fantasy, science fiction, folklore, children's fiction. She won a Lifetime Achievement in 2009 for World Fantasy um, Literature. Um, yeah, and seriously, her her career, I'm trying to look up her bibliography. Bibliography, that's how you say that, right? Yes. And it's a link to a whole nother page. Oh, yikes. Because it just keeps going on. She's written novels, short fiction, children's books, poetry, graphic novels, screenplays, and then edited a whole bunch of stuff. This lady is prolific, <laughs> and nobody's heard of her. I, I never that's, heard of her. That's astounding. Yeah, I'm surprised I've never heard of her. Um, so the Young, the Young Merlin trilogy is about, um, it starts out, the first book is with a, an eight-year-old Merlin, who has been deserted in the forest. And we don't necessarily know why, at least as I was trying to speed read through it, I didn't catch a reason why. Um, basically, like, they're like, yeah, we can't have this kid. And there's like these weird memory things that go on. And so he's left in the woods. He survives in the woods for a year before he's basically tamed. I'm using air quotes, tamed by a falconer that lives out in the woods. And, uh, and so there's a lot of um, back and forth between talk you know the the name merlin comes from uh, a specific type of falcon or hawk i can't re quite remember hobby is a type of hawk uh and then the first book is called passenger which is a, a a type of hawk so there's a lot of that running through this this wild person who's been tamed so he's not merlin like king arthur merlin <laughs> well he is though there's a oh, lot of okay. that in this and and again i and i didn't so i didn't get to reread the third book yet i just reread the first and the second of these two and it is really fun like um i mean it's, it's kind of dark it, there's some 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 crazy stuff kind of happens but um they're short they're light and they're it's a really interesting almost very grounded take on the merlin idea um, it's not just this old wizard guy who comes and is like, oh, <laughs> Camelot, you know, it's, it's really interesting. And so, um, and it doesn't go into like his time at school, becoming an apprentice of this. It's just survival. It's just him trying to survive in this time of like the dark ages of, of Europe. So rereading it, like, it sounds like you still found it really enjoyable. Do you feel like it's, what age range would you say it's geared toward? This is the kind of book I would say specifically would be a book that you read to your nine to 10 year old. Okay. It's not even a book that I would, I mean, yes, if you're a 12 year old, 13 year old, read the book, enjoy it, do a little book report on it. It's an easy read. It's very fast. And it's a great way for kids to like me, I'm not a fast reader and, and, and so to get that momentum going of, of, 
helping a kid learn how to read through a whole book because if you hand them even a, 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 a Animorphs book, getting through a whole Animorphs book can be daunting for a younger person. So handing them a short book is way easier for them to get that, you know, that confidence. So there's that. But I really, I can't wait until my kid is eight or nine, ten years old and I'm reading them a bedtime story or something and I pull this one off the shelf. I nice. think this will be a really cool story to read to my kids because it it reads so easy and it is so short. I can read the whole, I, I read the whole book in an hour. Right, not the not the whole trilogy, no, but, but the, the whole, one part. Yeah, the one book. I read it in an hour. If I can read it in one hour, you'd be done in like twenty minutes. I'm not even. He's joking. not exaggerating there. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would like to. I would like to see you read this and just time it. <laughs> well, uh, once you're done with part three, I'll, I'll take it home and time myself reading it. Yes. I should have timed myself reading my books. We'll but... do a whole Instagram post. It'll be a whole Instagram a story. Lapse. Yes. I'll do a time lapse. Yeah. That's a great idea. Um, so, yeah. So, I would I would recommend it. I, I don't think it's good for adults necessarily <laughs> unless you just want to read something super easy and, and childish. Or if you're like a teacher or something trying to figure out. You know, yeah. books if you're to buy your if class. you're a teacher of younger kids of middle grade kids, it is a good way to get. If you know a student who is struggling to read because it's too daunting to read bigger books, but that you don't want to give them a child's book, this is a great way to make that next step. That would be my recommendation on it. Nice. Yeah. All right, it's your turn. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to stick with the theme of prolific authors. Uh, but one that everyone and their mother has heard of. I'm talking R.L. Stein, y'all. Oh, you're going straight into the goosebumps. I am, because uh, like uh, Jane Yolen, he wrote hundreds yeah. of books. Yeah. Hundreds. He wrote, let, let me pull up my notes here, because uh, I don't want to get this wrong. He wrote 62 <laughs> Goosebumps books right. between 1992 and 1997. So five years, 62 books. That's almost 10 a year. That's that's more than nearly 10 a year. one book per month Jeez. for each of those five years. And he said he wrote some of the novels in as few as six days. I think I found that in like a an interview he did with some six outlet. days. Yeah, six days to write one of these books. And I mean, they're like a hundred, hundred twenty pages long. Hundred twenty. Yeah. 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 But rereading them, I'm not surprised. It only took him six days on some of them because they're not great. They're, really? They're, I reread them and I'm like, oh, the, I remember why I like them. They're fun. They're easy. There's usually some sort of little twist at the end. Yeah. But, you know, they're not like super earth shattering or anything. They're, I think they're meant for, you know, young kids who, like you said, give them something they can easily read. And yeah. you could easily read this. Yeah. Like, it's not daunting. Some of the chapters are like three pages long. Yeah. It's fine. So the big question that I have is, are they as scary as I remember them being? Um, I mean, they're, they're a little freaky. One of my personal favorites was Say Cheese and Die, mm -hmm. which is, you know, excellent. There's a picture of some family skeletons barbecuing here. Yeah. It's great. In it, um... These kids wander into an abandoned house or whatever, and they find a camera locked up in some sort of like secret compartment. Yeah, and where being you keep kids, cameras. Yeah. yeah, they take they take the camera out and they take a picture of one of their friends posing on a railing, and then as soon as the picture comes out, he falls 
like plunges to the floor, the railing breaks. Then they look at the picture and it shows him falling, even though they took it before. Did the kid die? No, he was fine. Okay, so what's the big deal? N- nothing. And then <laughs> they, they keep taking pictures and then worse stuff happens. Like he takes a picture of his dad's new car and it shows the car being totaled. Oh, no. And so then a few days later, his dad gets in a bad accident oh, in the car. No. His dad doesn't die either. Of course. These, this is goosebumps. They so, can't actually so like die. So it should be say cheese and a major inconvenience. Will yes, happen. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, at one point, one of the kids goes missing and all sorts of stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. So I mean, that one's kind of like, you know, don't take the haunted camera and you know stop taking pictures yeah. after the first, <laughs> you know, one or two weird ones. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Oh, but, man. Yeah. Then there's also the. Um, the scary village in Russia where some girl from Chicago moves and it's like got a haunted snowman or something. That's it? That's that, the whole premise? That one seemed kind of silly to me. <laughs> what was the twist in that one? Um, her. So early on in the story, she was kind of going up the mountain and everyone was like, don't go there. There's a, the snowman is up there. Right. And this uh, older man with his dog, you know, stops her and he's like the town's guard. And yeah. keeps him safe from the snowman. And then at the end of the story, she finds out that's her father. <gasps> Twist. <laughs> but there is a scary snowman. There is a scary snowman. And her dad and her mom, who's dead, mm-hmm. I think dead, they were like sorcerers. And they accidentally created the monster snowman. Oh, So geez. that's why he felt the obligation to stay there and yeah. Yeah. guard the town. And then the other one I read was Night of the Living Dummy 3. Oh, not the first. Not the first two. Got it. I can't remember what happened they in those. They keep bringing that guy back, right? Like, that's a reoccurring character in the... In yeah, this. and Say Cheese and Die had a sequel, too, and... Oh. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, an interesting little tidbit is um, there was a TV show of Goosebumps. Oh, yeah. And in the Say Cheese and Die episode was one of the first appearances of good old Ryan Gosling. What? Yep. What? Yeah, you can look it up. He's, oh my god! In, in fact, I'm pretty sure Goosebumps. At least it was on Netflix. Oh my gosh! I have to go back. And you now. can go back and look at it. Wait, how old was Ryan Gosling in this? Early teens. Early oh my teens. Gosh, I don't think I've seen him in anything earlier than The Notebook. Oh yeah, no, he's a kid. Like seriously, <laughs> he's a youth. Um, it's it was pretty awesome when when Rebecca, my wife, and I watched. All of Goosebumps as soon as it came out on Netflix. Um, we noticed that. Oh. There's a lot of people in that show that are like, like famous oh, now? Yeah, they're, oh, that's cool. I think Ryan Gosling's the biggest one, though. Like, mm. how do you get bigger than Ryan Gosling? Have you seen the new Goosebumps movie? Because I haven't. <clears throat> I saw the first one. The first, like, probably, what, four years ago it came out? Was it the one with, like, Jack Black or whatever? Yeah. But then, like, he, he's made a reoccurring appearance there was a second one that came out i think like this last year i didn't watch that one because to me it looked like it was like a direct to direct to dvd type sequel situation Mm. where it's like he had a contract and he just had to show up and they knew that they could maybe make some more money because of the title the first one though not bad really not bad i'm not saying it's good (laughs) not saying it's it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad. Okay. <laughs> that was like my take rereading them. I would say watch the movie. Watch the if movie. you liked Goosebumps as a kid, watch the movie. Give it a try. Give it a try? Okay. Yeah. 
Well, I know what I'm watching. Get some friends together so you can make fun of it. That's yes. the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was that, that was everything? No. A much. question that I have, did you look into whether, you have all this stuff written. Oh, yeah. Basically, R.L. Stein, he's, he's cray. So he started out not wanting to write horror stories. Like, that wasn't his thing at all. Right. He wrote joke books. Right. And, like, joke articles for Scholastic Press or whatever. Hmm. Um, but then he, like, went to lunch with his editor or publisher or something, and she said that he needed to write – or she needed a scary teen novel to publish. Yeah. And he was like, eh. But she gave him the title Blind Date, and so he went and he wrote it, and it turned out to be a bestseller, and that was in 1986. Wow. And then – Three years later, he started writing the Fear Street books. And yeah. those are sort of like Goosebumps, but, you know, for older, I'd say like preteens. People teenagers. actually die in them. Yeah, people die. It's like murder. Yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, I think some of them are supernatural, but a lot of them are like murder mysteries. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading those too when I was like 11. Really? Which is coincidentally why I had terrible nightmares <laughs> as a child. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so were, would you recommend those ones as well, The Fear Street? I haven't reread those. Mm. I remember really maybe, liking them. Maybe we'll do a direct-to-DVD sequel next year right? of this episode. Uh, yeah, we'll be like, and we're doing Fear Streets. I wanted to do Goosebumps because I was like, ah, I'm not really in the mood for, you know, horrible murder <laughs> mysteries yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, says, so he wrote... Says the uh, girl who wanted to do a Gillian Flynn episode. Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying... I, I think her quality is a little bit better. Sure. Right. When you're not writing, you know, a hundred books a year. Yeah, for real. So the the next question that I had about him was did he have ghostwriters? I don't think he did. Yeah. Or I mean, none of the research I did indicated that. Like hmm. he was saying that he wrote them in, in six days. Right. Basically. Well, I mean, yeah, and you can have Yeah. I mean, if he's working on one in six days, you could have somebody else who's been working on one. And you never know, like with a series where it's running for years, you could have people who write their own original book and then they, they send in a manuscript and yeah. they, they buy that script for the Goosebumps material, you know, and, and so I, d I didn't know if that was a thing. Um, but no, that's interesting. I, 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 I think that um, I think that Goosebumps might have been one of those ones that I really wanted to get into, but I was just but too never scared. did. I was just too scared. I always forget that you're you scare easy. I did. <laughs> I don't now. Don't put that out in the world. He scares easy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Um, <laughs> oh, before we go on, the other thing I wanted to mention that I found out about R.L. Stein was that he started writing when he was nine and found a typewriter in his attic, which basically set him up to become a horror writer. Like, I know, right? Like that's, that's the creepiest beginning ever. You have to become yeah. a horror writer if that happens. Yeah. Why can't, though, why can't I just have someone who's like, hey, Tyler, I need a book uh, written right? to publish. You know, like, Does I don't... Does that happen anymore? I don't know, but it's not fair. Like, <laughs> I was explaining an idea I was having before we started recording. Yeah. I just need a job where I'm allowed to explore these avenues of <laughs> ideas, and I get paid a good amount of money to do that. But that was your idea. It wasn't like you coming up to me and being like, hey, Hannah, write a book with this title. And I'd be right. like, well, I'd rather call it something else. And yeah. like, does it have to be a murder mystery? But if you came to me and you're like, Tyler, I had this idea. Okay. This has literally happened. Let me explain a, a, a quick story. My older brother <laughs> came to me. Tyler. Yeah, really. <laughs> Tangents with Tyler. Never mind. 
Um, my older brother came to me with this whole thing where he's like, dude, you're good with stories and I need some help. And I was like, oh, you need help writing a story? He's like, no. I had a dream and I, I need to know how it was supposed to end because I woke up too soon. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, here, I'm going to text it to you. So he texted me this dream that he has where he and his wife were at the mall and then all these little little scary alien bots came in, like spider-type bots came in and started like attacking people and freezing them all. And then he got stuck in a closet with someone and he, he like his him and his wife got separated and then he got knocked out somehow. And then he woke up on a cruise ship and he found his wife on the cruise ship and then he found some other, you know, there's other people... But every once in a while, they would see certain people and they would be looking at them in the profile, right, out from the side. And he would look at their eyes and he'd see these weird, like, kind of angles or shimmering things happening in their eyes. And he, he could tell that those people were, like, not brainwashed, but not acting the way a real human would necessarily. And <clears throat> and then they they figured out, okay, there are some of us who have been, like, brainwashed kind of and then some of us who haven't yet we don't we have to form a group on this cruise ship and right when they're about to do a mutiny on the cruise ship they come out and there's a big ufo in the sky and it's like about to shoot the cruise ship full of what are supposed to be the the aliens brainwashed servants or whatever and he's like that's when i woke up i need to know what happens five minutes later i respond I was like, here's here's what the deal is. <laughs> so there's actually two races of aliens. Oh, my God. Right? One of them – and, and Earth has become uh, like a foothold, a strategic foothold for these two in a war. They're warring. So one comes to Earth but super secretly, real fast, real quiet, and they try to just get a small population to become their servants so that when, the, uh, when Group B shows up, there's not only – group a fighting them but humans and then they'll be like oh no these humans have aligned with group a so we can't fight this and then they'll run off and then group a gets the planet and so they've taken these people and put them all on cruise ships you know so that they're all like pacified and out of the way of other people right out on the seas and then you ended your dream right when group b was showing up to start the invasion and so you would have had to fight two groups of aliens and a group of humans that have been taken over, but you and your wife hadn't yet, so you had to start the resistance. Publishers, send him your ideas. Right? And he's like, you thought of that in five minutes? <laughs> um, yeah, he has wild dreams, though. I dream about, like, eating donuts. That's, that's all. I have the most boring dreams. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I dream of weird stuff too. So I think you're just, I think you got lucky on your dreams. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So for my second group of books. Yes. And um, this is one that I read as a child too and also loved. And I hope that they held up in your adult reading. Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> yeah. So. Animorphs. Let's talk about Animorphs. I think I think Goosebumps are is quintessential to Halloween. I do. Oh, for sure. But I think that Animorphs is quintessential to 90s kids' life. I think that everybody knows Animorphs. If you are a 90s kid. I mean, they Only were... Only 90s kids. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, they were in every, like, you know, elementary, middle school, 
classroom. Yeah. Like they were on the bookshelves that your teachers had. Yeah. And they, um, I mean, like this, reading these took me back to the days of the scholastic book fairs. Do they still do those? Do you know? I don't know. Because that was the that was the best. It was the best time of year. You like get to go into the library or the cafeteria or wherever they're holding it, and they just got rows and rows and rows of books and little like eraser heads and pencils and little things that you can get that are all like scholastic themed. And it's where I discovered Animorphs. It's where I discovered Captain Underpants. It's where I discovered uh, not Goosebumps uh, because I wouldn't read those when I was that age. <laughs> but um, there was all these books. Uh, Space Brat. Did you ever read Space no. Brat? It was about a kid who was, it was an alien who was born, and when he was born, a piece of his egg, because they were born out of eggs, got lodged in his ear, and so he was crying when he was, when he hatched, and so he was called a brat, and oh. so for the rest of his life, he had like a ego trip the whole time. He had to prove that he's not a brat, but he oh. was a brat. Uh, very classic third to fourth grade type <laughs> book to read. But yeah, so like reading these took me back to the smell to the feeling of walking through a scholastic book fair because it's it's those memories are tied for me um anyway animorphs written by k.a applegate and oh my god this book series <laughs> i read the first i read okay i i got the first three books i read two and a half of them before i came here um, and when I first started reading the first one, which is called The Encounter, uh, the, the Invasion, I started reading. I was like, oh, no, this is a bad book. These are not going to hold up. Right. That's me. Adult me was thinking that as oh, I'm no. reading it. But then I started to realize that, no, these aren't bad books. They're written. from. OK, so back up. They're written as. The story is there's an invasion of aliens that are like slug little things that get into your brain and take over your body. And the only things that fight them are what are. So those are Yurks. And then there's what's called Andalites. And the Andalites can morph and change and turn into other things. And so this one Andalite shows up on Earth and he's about to die and gives this power to five kids. And then he dies. And so the five kids have to morph and do whatever they can to stop the invasion. And so it's each book is told by one of those kids from their perspective. And so as I was reading the first book, I was like, oh, this is so cringy. This the way that the characters talk, the way that they act and stuff like and and the internal monologue was really just like, oh, yeah, this is bad. This is really bad. But then I realized it's not bad. It's so good because she's writing like a like a teenager would write a book, right? But with great grammar and like no typos. But the way she's writing and you and you get that sense as you read three books and you get three different perspectives. And then you you really see her strength come out as she describes the the feeling of being these animals. And let me tell you something. Reading this will make you completely change how you look at your animals just from reading the first book the relationship i have with my two cats is is different <laughs> because i know what they want i know what they're after and how they feel about things because i read the animorphs because she has that ability to write these um these sequences where they are 
turning into animals and then they have to deal with the instincts of the animals overpowering their human brain um and she did so much research at least for the third book i i feel like it went above and beyond she spent time at a uh at a wilderness site or something where they, you know, take in um, hurt birds like falcons and hawks and things and really did a lot of research into how they fly and what they do during the day and the night and stuff so that she could write these characters being hawks and really get into that mindset. And oh my God, I'm such a huge fan again of Animorphs. I'm no joke going to go out of my way to get the entire series and read it again. How long is the entire series? It is 54 books long for the main series. And then there are four books called the Megamorphs, where um, those are like, kind of like, at least from what I was reading online, those are more like side quests sort of thing. So each one seems to deal with time travel. So it's that whole like, we're going to leave at this point in the story and go have this grand adventure. One of them, like they literally go to the time of dinosaurs. Are those the ones where I'm trying to remember what the series was where they like ended up going to like an ancient Mayan village or something and then like they were like actually doing human sacrifices or something and this was in a children's book oh. and I can't remember what series that was. I couldn't tell you if that's oh this gosh. one or not. I just know like the Megamorph ones they they tell from each uh, uh, there's four, usually four or five uh, characters in it, and they tell it from each person's point of view for each chapter. So hmm. it's different. It's a it's a different way of doing it because each book in the 54 book series is one person. One person tells that whole book, and then they move on. The Megamorph ones are like an additional story that you can read on top of it, and it tells each character in each chapter. Um, and and then she goes above and beyond that. And there's so there's the Andalite Chronicles where you get to see what happened to the Andalite that gave them the powers, what happened to him before he came to Earth. So it's kind of a prequel. And then there's like there's a couple more. There's there's the main bad guy, Visor three. And you there's a, at least one book. I think it's two or three, though where it's his story. I don't know if it's before or after or during, but you kind of get an idea of, of what he's doing. And then there's like this godlike alien that comes into the equation like halfway through the whole series. And so there's a whole side, you know, story thing with them. And that's, that's, so you're, you're talking about a series that's at least 60 to 64 books long that she wrote. But here's the thing. She did have ghostwriters. Mm, and I was going to ask about that because I'm like, all the authors we've talked about so far have written a ridiculous number of books, but yeah. she actually used ghostwriters. She did. And that's not to that's not to go against her writing, um, her ability as a writer. No, you know? like when did she start using them? How far in? I think it was within the 20s. Yeah. So at, at that like point, she already proved that she like, could write like you were saying, amazing animal, yeah. you know, detail. Yeah. yeah. And so so they basically, they took her style and ran with it. Um, and she still wrote a lot of the books after the, the mid-20s and, and continued. She wrote all the Megalomorph ones and she wrote all of those prequels and side ones as well. So that's, it's her world. And I think that what she did, she, she took a simple idea of, I want to teach kids what it's like to be these animals. And she's like, how do I do that? Well, making the kids be those animals is the way to do it. And then the ideas must have exploded from there. 
what how do we give them those powers why would they need those powers and then it creates this whole universe that that's honestly <clears throat> i just i get so excited about it it is equally as interesting to me as harry potter whoa because of the depth of the characters and this is this gets into some dark shit like it is not just like <laughs> let's go turn into dogs everyone <laughs> you know it's not power rangers it's not um the the transformers commercials or, or you know cartoons and stuff it is it is a real story like not a real story it is a really dark story that tackles some really real stuff in a very fictional way and i think that's why people like harry potter so much because it deals with those dark themes and it grows with the audience i i think that's why harry potter in particular is so like readable for adults too yeah. it's because like as you're reading it as a child you're like oh this is like a fun fantasy story or whatever but then when you're an adult reading it you're like oh my gosh there's so many like subtextual things going on here and like yeah social commentary and all of that stuff yeah exactly and um I'm just going to look it up real quick because I, I want to have some facts for her. She's written she's written quite a few things outside of the the Animorphs. Um, you brought one up, too. What was it that you called called it? Oh, uh, Endworld or something. Everworld. Everworld. Yeah. Um, so she she had another idea uh, where it was like these ancient gods and fictional. I don't know. It was something like there's a group of of things trying to invade our realm of existence and then the gods of the ancient gods of our realms were trying to protect us from them so they give like magical gifts to teenagers to you know help them fight again so i'm pretty sure i read that but yeah and and so it's this almost the exact same idea just in a different world you know yeah um which is like still that sounds like something that I would read as a kid. That sounds exactly like something I would read. Um, and so I just, I think there's so much, um, there, these books are so potent because they're trying to grab young people's attention and be like, look, books can be cool too. Like you don't have to watch TV, especially nowadays, like Netflix and Hulu and YouTube and Twitch and video (laughs) games. And there's all this stuff to grab your attention Instagram and Twitter and Facebook are now starting their things. Apple is starting a a streaming channel now. There's also some books. Like, these books are so powerful and they have such an interesting idea. And I I just think it's amazing. And and I get jazzed because I'm reading these books that I read when I was a kid. And they are the reason why I got into the stuff that I did. Why I like Lewis. Why I like Lovecraft. um, Why I'm willing to do a podcast because of the Animorphs. Like, 100%, the Animorphs and that Merlin trilogy got me into it. And so, Thank I Thank you, K.A. Applegate <laughs> and Jane Yolen. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah, so she's written... Oh, oh it doesn't say how many. Uh, Remnants, Everworld. Um, selected works. Uh, so many. <laughs> Uh, making out series uh, sounds like a very gir- lots of girly books. Really? Yeah. That surprises me that you go from like alien, you know. Yeah. Alien to, fantasy to you know just your drama. average tre- teen drama. It looks honestly like I mean, out. Yeah, there's a lot of. Them. <laughs> 
There's so many. Uh, Zoe fools around. Oh my god. <laughs> Jake finds out. Nina won't tell. Wait, are these all different titles? In the same series. Oh my god. Ben's in love. Claire gets caught. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. So, yeah, so she wrote a lot of romance stuff, probably in the vein of like Valley Girls and um not Valley Girls, Sweet Valley High and um all that stuff. I right? like that you knew that series. I don't know. I just uh, yeah, I've got Little a Little Hannah thing, was just reading like murder books that's fine <laughs> <laughs> and then take your toe. um i don't know why you're basically a little lovecraft uh she wrote the disney's little mermaid series what um, was that what like wrote like, it for tv or wrote it for it just says disney's the little mermaid series and i'm using wikipedia just yeah. so our listeners know where i'm getting cough, my facts cough, right now his it's, brother yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, Disney's Aladdin series as both A.R. Plum and her own name. So she had a, another writer's name, I guess. She likes those two uh, initials to start her name. <laughs> but yeah, so so she is, you know, just because she had a ghostwriter doesn't mean she wasn't prolific, even in her own right. Prolific? Prolific? How prolific. Lific. Thick. F. F. Okay. Uh, prolific in her own right. Um, I think that she probably just, you know couldn't keep up with all the ideas well no it seems like you know all of the the authors we've talked about so far they wrote so many books and i wonder if that's a specific thing to children's literature Mm -hmm. and if there's a reason for it like is scholastic just breathing down their necks being like we need 24 new books in this series by the end of the year well and and i i look at i try to look at some books in in a publishing respect so like in the wheel of time series it's 14 books long right I read the first two, uh, and I can tell you right now that they should have been one book. Really? Yeah. The way that it ends in the first book, it just sets up the second book, and the way it ends in the second book, it doesn't necessarily require a follow-up. Hmm. It could, which is why it did, but to me, I could see it being a big book, and they're like, dude... I think we should cut this in half. Can you add some more stuff to each book to kind of pad them out? And he was like, yeah, definitely I can. I'm Jordan Roberts and (laughs) I can do that sort of thing. And so he just filled this world with more and more stuff. And he he wrote two books, but really he wrote one book and split it in half. Um, So it's the same thing with these where I wonder how much it's like, especially when I look at the Megala not my, the mega morph books and she did write those with each character telling a chapter how much of that was in the original idea how much was it where she wrote maybe maybe the first five books you know and well she wrote she wrote the first story and then they're like what if we took each of these and just cut them into like five books and each character only tells one you know it's only one yeah. character and so then it just is a quick rewrite of those things and she's already got the first five books done right so um i don't i'm not saying that's how it happens i'm just saying i could see see that that happening happening. where you know these are shorter books they're they're not long and even even at the i'm at 240 i think for the first book no not even 180 pages for the first book and it's big font it's not small so um I would, I would, I could see them being easy as long as you've sat down to kind of get the, 
story, the yeah, outline for everything ready to go, it would just be filling in the blanks, you know? Yeah, pretty formulaic. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I think it'd be harder. I don't know. I don't know if it would be harder to write the, anim- you know, uh, a whole story over 54 books or the Goosebumps book books where it's 60 books and they're each their own story. Well, they're kind of formulaic in a sense, too. It's generally like starts out with a little intro and then random scary event, random scary <laughs> event, random scary event, conclusion. Right. It's like some twist in there. Yeah. Right? The plot's not like super involved or anything. Right. And it's always like kids and, you know, on, you know, middle class kids getting up to <laughs> tomfoolery and then something weird happens. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Ah, it's nuts. You have. Okay. I've got the. You have the, the bomb daddy of them all though. Yes. Because this isn't just from our childhood. No. And. Actually, these books, I raided my mom's collection for them. Did you really? I did. So they're like from 1959 and they smell like it. <laughs> Wait, let me smell. I want to smell. Smell that one, huh? All right. Do I have to open it and smell it? Or oh, is... for sure. Yeah, okay, just here we go. Really get your nose in there. Just going to give it a good, just a good old. And that's the smell. <sighs> oh my gosh. Of the Nancy Drew series. <laughs> oh man, it smells so much like Nancy Drew. <laughs> smells mysterious and like girl power and just (laughs) all of that so yeah um i really like these books as a kid i don't think i read all of them or maybe even half of them because there's a ton how many are there i'd say at least in the 50s because the one i've got here is number 46 they're so thick when you put them on the table you can hear it ringing in the headphones yeah they're actually like decent length books like this first one um the secret of the old clock is about 180 pages long and I mean, it's not small type or anything, but... It's a little bit bigger than the uh, Animorphs, it looks like. Yeah. So... Um, a little bit smaller, I'm sorry. Smaller uh, than Animorphs. Everyone's heard of Nancy Drew. Like, yeah. she's an icon. Yeah. Um, so I did do a little bit of research and learn some things I didn't, which was that the Nancy Drew books were created by a publisher and then entirely ghostwritten. Carolyn Keene is not a real person. Really? No. It, she's a series of authors... All over the country. Okay, you gotta stop slamming it sorry, down. It sorry. keeps ringing. I can hear it. <laughs> I'm gonna stop touching the books. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so the publisher was named Edward Stratmeyer, uh-huh. and he was born in 1862. So these, this goes way back. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, the he wanted a female counterpart to the Hardy Boys series, sure, which were also ghostwritten in his idea. Really? Yeah. So. So he came up with Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew and Nancy Drew. Damn, so, that's big. Like, that's he had to be a freaking millionaire. Right? He, yeah, he was probably rolling in the dough. So he died the same year that the first four Nancy Drew books were released, which was 1930. Uh-huh. That's so long ago. Yeah. They're coming up on 100 years in, in a decade. Pretty close, yeah. Um, So uh, his daughter was one of the ghostwriters. And then the other one who wrote a lot of them was Mildred Benson. Um. And she was pretty cool. She was an amateur archaeologist, I guess. And according to an article that I was reading in the Paris Review, citing mm. my sources there. Nice. Um, in Benson's autobiography, she discusses the detective as a product of her, quote, unfulfilled desire for adventure, who embodies qualities that she wished that she had. Hmm. Which I thought was kind of, because she was probably like in the 19, you know, 20s and 30s, 
women couldn't really follow their careers <laughs> that much. I mean, uh, one article was talking about like how the publisher's daughter who ended up ghostwriting some of them, like her dad wouldn't let her work outside the home and that's how she got involved in the family business, basically. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I could see that as, as a woman in those times, you know, you're writing yeah. about this 18 year old who's a kick-ass detective going out and solving crimes that the police can't and let me ask you a couple questions yeah and maybe you would i don't know how much more you have ready to go you know with all your research <laughs> how old is she's 18 through the whole series no sometimes she's 16 but in the first one she's 18 and it literally says that i'm i'm gonna pick up the book delicately <laughs> it's just when you put it down <laughs> i gotta do and that you're like me. so enthusiastic about this series i just want to like and you're just like bam slap. like a judge yeah, so literally the first line of the first book is, Nancy Drew, an attractive girl of 18, was driving home along a country road in her new dark blue convertible. Ooh. So she's 18 for some of them, and some of them she's 16. She's always attractive, and it normally says that in the first line. Of course. Sometimes she's blonde, other times she's a redhead, sometimes she's strawberry blonde. Hmm, so, interesting. So maybe she starts out with, in 16, she's like, she's probably like, Blonde, and then by the time she's eighteen, it she becomes like a like a redheadish. But like in the first book, she's eighteen, so she goes she ages backwards sometimes. Oh, maybe yeah, that's not, how many books are there in the series? Oh god, I'm gonna look it up now. There's, I mean, at least fifty. At least fifty. And they came out in chunks. So, like, the first four were released in 1930. Okay. And I wonder if that's part of the strategy of having ghostwriters is that you can have them, like, all working on the book simultaneously. Yeah. And then publish just a crap ton of books. Yeah, yeah one each quarter. Yeah. That's a great idea. Honestly, I we need to find some writers to come up with my ideas. Yeah. I need to just come up with the idea, and then other writers can write it for me, and then we can publish it, you know, now hear this media literary group accepting ghostwriter applications now yes you can you can write your your um applications to um lewis and lovecraft.gmail.com <laughs> please make them in a pdf <laughs> form let's, let's say there's 52 yeah the inner i'm getting you're, bad signal yeah, in getting, here i can look it up too if you want to talk about stuff so that it's not silent but um let's say there's 52 of them and she goes on an adventure for two years. That's one adventure every other week. Oh, yeah. She's constantly adventuring. That's nuts. <laughs> That's the most stressful life I've ever heard of. <laughs> she loves it, though. She's just, like, the peppiest, like, hero you've ever had in a damn book. I mean, she she's just perfect. She's got the, the charmed life, minus her mom being dead. <laughs> um, but dead. Her, her dad's a lawyer. She's got her dark blue convertible. She has her snazzy outfits that, you know, she's able to crawl through attics and stuff with and <laughs> catch bad guys. Does she have specific outfits like Barbie does? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I've, she's always very well dressed. And she's kind of like, I, I feel like she was probably a very palatable heroine back then. 175 novels. Yeah, that exceeded. I definitely this didn't read Wikipedia, all of them. This is Wikipedia, by the way. Wikipedia, which was published under the pseudonym Carolyn Keene. There are 175 novels plus 34 revised stories that were published between 1930 and 2003. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. They revised a lot of the uh, the stories. I, that's I don't nuts. know how many changes they made. I was reading somewhere that, like, in 
the late 50s or something, they went back and like took out the racial stuff oh, in some of the earlier ones. Good, um, so I don't know what I was missing because I have the 59 <laughs> That's reprint. Still, okay, let's go back and talk about the fact she's 16 to 18 throughout this whole series. So at best, we're going all of 16 years old, all of 17 years old, and all of 18 years old. That's three years in, <laughs> in this world that she is sleuthing around. If each story is a week long, does the math add up? No, it's impossible. <laughs> that's 150, I mean, that's 100, it's like, that's 156 weeks, weeks in three years. And she went on 175 <laughs> adventures. She's multitasking for at least 20 weeks. She is not giving each mystery her full attention. <laughs> she's Louise. Nancy Drew, you're an addict. She is, she is. And she's like so excited about it. She's like, this may be the best mystery yet. You're right. Yeah, she's always looking for the best mystery. Oh, man. You know what that's called? Uh, it's the same thing that like cigarette smokers do. Yeah. They're always like, the next one's going to be the best. Yep. I say cigarette smoker like I'm a cool guy who can say <laughs> cigarette smoker. That's the dumbest thing I've ever said. <laughs> I mean, it, it's on par with the times, though. They were definitely not vaping back in right. these days. But, yeah. yeah, let's go on this. <laughs> mm, smells like strawberries. Adventure, guys. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes, sometimes she adventures alone. Sometimes she's got her sidekicks, Bess and George. She has her perfect boyfriend later on, Ned Nickerson or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the thing is, like, rereading them, they're pretty good. And, like, I like the girl power aspect, but these are some blah people. Yeah. They are all just perfect humans, and how am I supposed to live up to that? This is a, another side tangent. I'm sorry. But <laughs> the, it reminds me a lot of that of the new Sabrina, um, the Teenage Witch Sabrina. Oh, how they remade it on Netflix. On Netflix. Have you watched it at all? Yeah. Uh, I've watched all of them. All of them? Yeah. So I'm almost done with the first season. It takes a lot for me to finish an episode because... I don't know. I like I like it, but I don't like it at the same time. It's kind of weird. Well, because they make her all bad and stuff. And it's yes like... and no, but that's the problem that I was going to get to is Harvey. In oh, that yeah, show Harvey. is such a vanilla character. <laughs> like, I can't stand it because they're doing one of a couple things. Either they just he's just supposed to be the perfect boyfriend, and that way, you know, she bounces off him and ma it makes her worse somehow, which that bothers me because there's no one who's perfect or they're doing exactly that. And they're setting him up to be this perfect guy so that they can pull the rug out from under him. And it's like, oh, he's terrible. <laughs> and I don't like that either because I don't know. It just it seems so dramatic, which I know this is Sabrina. It's based off of the Riverdale people who, you know, like the whole Archie thing. Um, but like. I just make him interesting from the get-go. He's not interesting. And and I've always liked Harvey in, like, the old TV show with Melissa Joan Hart. That's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was cool because he was kind of dumb, but he was fun. And he was, like, he was jealous, but he was, you know, still a great guy. And, like, this this Harvey is just blah. I don't know. So well, I don't think I'd like the Nancy Drew vein, because of that. They are remaking the Nancy Drew books. A, they're making the movie that has that one chick in it. Yeah, Sophia the girl, Lillis or whatever. The girl from It. Yeah. And yeah, it looks like that. it's going to be like a modern one because they've got cell phones and stuff and she skateboards. And <laughs> yeah. so she's not going to be like Nancy Drew. But they're also making it into a show at the same time. Really? With 
on the CW. So the people who brought you Riverdale. And I just found out about that today and I watched the preview and I'm already mad. Oh, really? Not yeah, a fan. They're turning it into Riverdale, basically. So uh, they're taking Nancy Drew, who's like this wholesome person, yeah. and turning her into like a sex maniac or yeah. whatever. And, and, I, and I don't, I mean, I guess I, I get it. It's marketing. They did... Like w- when I was a kid, it was Seventh Heaven and One Tree Hill, and um, there was another one. There was another big one, Gossip Girl. Oh, I love Gossip Girl. <laughs> and but all of these push push the the whole boundaries of it. Like Smallville, Roswell. Those were big ones when I was like in middle school. At least Gossip Girl, though, like the books were the same as the TV show. Sure. Like they were they were doing bad stuff in the yeah. books too. But Nancy Drew, come on, leave her alone, guys. <laughs> there I mean Roswell, this is back in the late nineties, early two thousands, and one of the main story arcs is that um making out with and having sex with these aliens is basically like heroin. And so like so I can like you go back twenty years almost and they're still pushing pushing the boundaries of like let's make things darker let's make things more sex driven and now they're just doing the same thing but with these wholesome <laughs> with characters, characters that we already had and that's supposed to be what makes them interesting and that's honestly it it is what scares me i've said it several times i want an animorphs show like netflix hulu prime i don't care who does it I just want them to do it because there was the Nickelodeon TV show what, and they only made it 26 episodes and I watched maybe two of them, but I was a kid. So I wasn't like, and there wasn't the technology that we had. Like I, mm. you have to make it to the TV when it's on to watch it. And I just couldn't. Um, and I might go find it on YouTube or something just to see what it was, but it's still dated. I want to see a good show, but I don't want them to do what they, what they've been doing. Like they did it with Anne of Green Gables. That really? Is, yeah, my well, like they're. I don't know. My wife is in love with the Anne of Green Gables books. In fact, when we when we get to that series, because eventually we will, <laughs> the two the two shows that I won't be on, my wife will be on, will be the Anne of Green Gables and the Jane Austen episodes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know that. <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, but then they they did the the new Anne with an E on Netflix, and like there's some stuff in there that my wife is like, yeah, this totally ruins the character for me because this is not supposed to be a part of the story at all. But our culture nowadays is taking these old things, these cherished memories that we have and, and being like, yeah, but now it's edgier. It's like, we don't want (laughs) edgier. We don't want edgier. We just want to see you do a good job with the material that you've been given. Stop trying to make it something it's not. Yeah. And so I would be genuinely afraid of, of the Animorphs coming out now because I don't want to ruin what I see these characters as. Yeah, it's like if you want to make an edgy show, just make up a new character, make up a, a new yeah. plot. Like, yeah. don't take an existing story and try to make that like your take on it. Yeah, for sure. The readers don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think that's, I yeah. think that's everything, right? Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing this one. I did too, even though I kind of put it off to the last minute. I went I camping. Had a good binge read. <laughs> I went camping and I read two books in one day. That's the most I've ever done in my oh entire my life. Gosh. Um, two books being the Animorphs, 180 pages each. It took me six hours, but I did it. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It was fun to get the nostalgia to to 
think about how it would translate in today, you know, into into today's stuff. And um, I would I would highly recommend these books or looking into the middle grade stuff if you are a youngster and you're listening to our show. Cool. I but just also said the word because we swear a lot. <laughs> also, I just said the word youngster, which makes me feel super old. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, swearing's fine. Sure. Like we don't, we're not like off the cuff. Like uh, no. f f f f. You know, we we can swear. This and make isn't ourselves HBO cool. over yeah. here. Um, I think we swear just enough to make ourselves seem more interesting than we really are. <laughs> That's what I aim for. <laughs> um, if you're a teacher. You know, like maybe have the Animorphs books in the back of your classroom if you don't anymore. Yeah. Or yep. if you're a soon-to-be parent, A, oh, congratulations, yeah. B, consider reading some of these to your tot. For realsies. My goal in life is to finish the Harry Potter series before I become a dad. <laughs> he might not make it, guys. I'm still on book number five. Oh, my God. I have all the books. We're breaking up. This podcast is <laughs> over. <laughs> I've seen the movies like 20 no, times. Does that count? it worse. Uh, <laughs> I I don't I'm not going to apologize for where I'm at in Harry Potter. There's so <laughs> many good books. I'm taking my time. I'm savoring it. Um so let's uh let's talk about ending this show. Yeah. Um just this episode. Right. I, I was no, joking nothing, about the ending. Not it. ending the show cuz I that would be the dumbest reason to end the show. Yeah. So uh, um just a second reminder we said it at the beginning, but send us your uh, Halloween flash fiction. We, we really might, want it. We might be sounding desperate at this point, but I don't care. I want I want to read your stories. We want to have you guys send in stories. I want to read them. I want to know that we have people who are writers or readers who are interested in writing, and we want to encourage you to do that. If you have ever thought to yourself, man, I'd love to just write a book. Great. Do that. But maybe start with something shorter. This whole episode has been about that that first step for me yeah jumping into reading for the first time did i read gods and generals for my first book no i read a 70 page wizard boy book yeah <laughs> and if you guys are feeling intimidated rl stein wrote entire books in six days you can write 500 words in in, in a month a month yeah exactly which is how long you've got um, so I highly encourage it. It's a lot of fun to just try it. You can try a few different stories and, you know, and send the one that you like the most. Um, and you will get your story read on our show. Um, I'm going to produce it so that it sounds pretty good. Uh, and I'm going to try not to mess up the reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that being said, we are doing a Halloween special. So our next episode will be Tim Burton. Um, we're going to do a movie marathon. We'll get into that in just a minute. But after that, uh, Halloween, and we're going to be taking your stories all the way up to Halloween Eve. And then, you know, doing, I haven't, we haven't quite figured out the logistics all the way yet, but we will have something for you then. Sweet. Um, so that's, that's the plan. Next episode. Tim Burton. Tim one of Burton. my favorite people ever. Not technically an author, but he did write some poetry. I'm going to reread his poetry book. So he is an author. Yeah, he's an author. And he's he's, he's a writer. He's written movies. He's a director. That's his most famous thing. So yeah. we're going to binge watch some Tim Burton these next couple weeks. Yeah. And, Rewatch. And more specifically for, for Halloween, you know, because it's, it's going to be October um, and... Uh, we want to get into that, you know, that Halloween mood. So we've got a list here. Uh, my list disappeared. Nightmare Before Christmas. There you go. Corpse Bride. Yep. Sweeney Todd. Mm -hmm. Edward Scissorhands, which is both a 
Halloween movie and a Christmas movie. Um, Isn't Nightmare Before Christmas also a Halloween Christmas yeah, movie? Yeah, but people don't think about Edward Scissorhands that way, so I want to remind the... Oh, that it is. The, yeah. That it is both. Sure. Uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Frankenweenie. Yeah. Sleepy Hollow. Mm-hmm. And Dark Shadows. And also Stain Boy, which is like... One of the most obscure things ever, and I'm going to talk about yeah. next time. We're also planning on having a guest. Um, yes. I, I don't want to say too much in case it doesn't work out. Um, but, you know, we're there's a very special reason why we're going to have this person as our guest. We're not just going to have start having guests on it's our show. It's Tim Burton, guys. <sighs> you said it. I gave and it, it was away. Like, yeah, no, it's not <laughs> Tim Burton. Um, that would be cool, though. That would be um, <laughs> No, so that, you know, if if there's a third voice other than Amy in the background shouting at us, uh, that's the reason why. (laughs) Um, Seriously, guys, thank you so much for for listening to our show and hopefully sharing it. And here's what you can do to help us out. Now that we're live, we're coming out every two weeks. Stay up to date with us on Instagram. You can uh, Instagram us at Lewis and Lovecraft. Uh huh. Facebook. Lewis and Lovecraft, and specifically Lewis because, and Lovecraft. Yeah. But Facebook is different. It's yeah. facebook.com backslash just Lewis Lovecraft. That is right. Yeah. So you can you can talk to us there. Right. I don't think we have any reviews on Facebook at all. Uh, I might have to go check that now that I've said it. Um, but we we do have the two reviews on iTunes. You can also do that on iTunes. That would be huge. Yes. Um, now that we're coming out every week, we don't have that that oomph of five episodes, you know, kind of helping us weigh in. So um, so the numbers are going to rely on you guys a lot more. Um, if you're a listener, the the biggest thing that people can do is tell their friends. Oh, tell about, a friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, and subscribe. And subscribe. Wherever you're at. I do I do Podcast Addict on my phone, which is like a just its own app. Oh, really? I and do it, Stitcher. Yeah, okay. And and we are on Stitcher. We're, we, we should be on Stitcher and, and pot, um, Spotify. We are on iTunes. We are on Google. We're on everything. So And, and I use Podcast Addict just because I like their interface, and they're basically like a net for all of those platforms. They kind of pull in your RSS. So wherever you're listening to this, subscribe. If you, I mean, if you're just downloading it on Podbean, if you don't have a Podbean, that's that's harder. So maybe just do that extra step and, and go leave a review somewhere else. Um, that is huge. Um, yeah, telling a friend, though. I mean, we said it before. That's the best thing you can do. We, that is the best thing. We can't afford to do the Between Lewis and Lovecraft f- school book fairs <laughs> to get people to buy our stuff. So we rely on you. Now let's talk about now, the intro music. <laughs> yeah, we and just want to thank thank the awesome guy who wrote and produced the music that you hear at the beginning of every episode. That's Jake Basson. Uh, you can find him at SoundCloud. Can't do the words today. SoundCloud.com <laughs> slash Jake Basson. That's B A S S E N. Yeah, it is. Jake, thank you so much for your music and listeners. Thank you so much for your time. We hope to see some stories start filtering in spooky stories. Hannah, thanks for hanging out with me. Thank you. 